Welcome to Global Answers. Please join us as we discuss the relevance of God's eternal word relating to events in this day and what it means to you. And now, your hosts, Jeff and Lonnie Jenkins. Hello, friends. I'm Lonnie. And I'm Jeff. Greetings. Glad to be with you. Today, we're going to continue on with our subject of water baptism. This last time I was with you, uh, we discussed the uh, relevance of uh, how we say what is said at water baptism. Comparing Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. And Acts 2, 38, where Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. And we were saying that Scripture does not contradict Scripture. So consequently, one has to equal the other. And so in our study last time, we found that the Father and Son and Holy Ghost are titles of the three offices of God. And so then when they said the Lord Jesus Christ, we could almost do an equal sign between Father, the Lord, and the Son, and Jesus, and Christ, and Holy Ghost. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, the Lord Jesus Christ. So the, the, the two are parallel. One is the name of the titles. Jesus was the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And I think we would all agree that when we think of Godhead, we think of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So all of it was in the one tabernacle named the Lord Jesus Christ. Then we went through uh, historical facts out of encyclopedias in the past with you to establish uh, that there was a change uh, in, during the uh, era of the Roman Catholic Church uh, where they developed the Trinity of the Doctrine and then the, the three offices of God became the titles of three persons of the Godhead, which was a move into a Trinity of three persons rather than the hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. We established those facts. And then water baptism, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin. But we didn't talk so much about uh, repentance. What does that mean? We didn't talk so much about what can a person expect at the time of water baptism. We're the previous program, we were trying to establish what was a historical truth of water baptism that no one, in the scripture was ever baptized in the titles of Father and Son and Holy Ghost because the water baptism was in the name of Jesus Christ or the Lord Jesus Christ, which was scripture interpreting scripture, not contradicting scripture. And so now today, uh, our, the pastor of our local church here, Jeff Jenkins, he, we want to talk today about the little more pastoral side. Uh, what's our heart attitude? What what do we have in mind as we go into the water? What can we expect with water baptism and these many aspects around? Uh, so Jeff, I'd like to switch over to you and if you would like to uh, talk to the people a little bit, to. go right ahead. Great. Uh, we're a team. Uh, Brother Lonnie and I share the last name. Mm -hmm. uh, it happens to be that Brother Lonnie is a teacher, so he brings the word from a teacher standpoint, the, the facts and the issues relating around doctrine. I'm a pastor, so I bring the Word of God relating as it relates to mankind, as it relates to the person and their intimate personal needs. And the many questions that will come out of the teacher's doctrine, then they want to know how to personalize it, how to flesh out these truths. And there's so many wonderful things about water baptism that we want to flesh out now. 
when to be baptized, when is a person ready to be baptized, um, the importance of baptism, uh, justification, sanctification, and then the receiving of the Holy Spirit. But before you can receive that Holy Spirit, generally speaking, you must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus or the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, number one is, is we do not believe that the water brings the regeneration. We don't believe that by, be, be, by being immersed in water that that water has any magic in it and it somehow transforms you and you're regenerated. The water or the baptism in water is merely symbolic of an inward change that's already taking place. And we're gonna talk about why immersion. We noticed that uh, in, in, by tradition uh, throughout the many centuries, some have sprinkled, adopted sprinkling, uh, and, and adopted sprinkling infants. Well, this is not scriptural, it's not biblical baptism. Nobody in the Bible was ever sprinkled, and furthermore, you, you don't sprinkle infants. We're gonna talk about that. Uh, nor do you baptize infants, because an infant isn't of age, old enough to recognize and understand sin and the need to be identified with Christ's death, burial, that's water baptism, and resurrection. You can't bury somebody in sprinkling. They've got to be baptized. They've got to be immersed. Baptismo means to be immersed in water. And so that's some of the technicalities. But let's get down to uh, the intimate level of baptism. Brother Jeff, I'm a brand new babe in the Lord. I've heard a sermon. It's convicted my heart. I realize I must give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. I realize I'm a sinner and I need salvation. I need to be saved from my sins. I need to be saved from my failures and, and, and all the and things that are burdening my heart. And I want to unburden my heart. I want to be free from my sin. What's my next step? Well, number one, repentance. That means about face. Say, Lord, I don't want to go my way. I want to go your way. So you say, Lord, forgive me of all my sins. Now listen to me, it's that simple. You accept Christ as your savior, saving you from your sin, and even your deliverer to deliver you from sins that are resident in the body. And so God can then begin to set you free from your sin habits, smoking, drinking, lying, carousing, all the sins of the past are forgiven. That means that they're blotted out. Like if I take uh, black ink and I drop it into a bucket of bleach, that black ink disappears in that bleach. That's what happens to your sins when you ask the Lord Jesus to forgive you. So first is an altar of your heart where you say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I'm a sinner. You acknowledge that. I'm, I'm a sinner, I've tried to navigate my, my life, I've tried to take the steering wheel of my own life, I've tried to go my direction, and now I wanna go your direction. So first you repent. Then your next step is, is to be baptized, and we're gonna go more into repentance in just a moment, baptized, immersed in water, in identification of his death and burial and resurrection. Now, that step of baptism must be taken. You might say, well, Brother Jeff, you know, I've got so many habits in my life. I, I, I still smoke. I, I, I still drink. I, 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 and I challenge you that if your heart is right and you want to be rid of sin and you want your life clean so that the Holy Spirit can fill you, then come to the water with your cigarettes. Come to the water with your drink. But knowing God will deliver you and knowing you want to be set free. 
and God will set you free. And it may be an instantaneous thing. I think, Brother Lonnie, for you, now I know for my sister Lonnie and sister Sharon, she wanted to be set free from cigarettes. For Sharon, it was instantaneous. She was delivered in a moment. Never, ever had an addictive habit to overcome. Never had to worry about it. But for you, it took a year, didn't it? No, it wasn't a year, uh, Jeff. But mine was, the, I had ne the church I was raised in didn't preach uh, sanctification. Okay. So I never heard mm -hmm. that smoking was defiling the Lord's tabernacle. And so I was sitting in a Pentecostal church one time, and the preacher began to give testimony about he became convicted about smoking. In fact, I'll inject that story. Yeah. It, was kind of, it was kind of interesting. He said that uh, he said that he, in a, in a like a dreamlike state, he went uh, out into the woods to set up and just have an enjoyable day on a beautiful blue sky, mm -hmm. and said he went into the woods and he spread out this table of cloth and opened up a basket and spread out his food and he was just going to enjoy nature, and he said just as he was ready to begin. He heard a crunch, crunch, crunch of feet approaching him, and he looked up, and behold, it was the Lord Jesus. Mm. Now, this is just a dream, not real. And, and the Lord Jesus says, oh, Lord, come share my meal with me. <laughs> and so he said, the Lord came and sat down, said they enjoyed their food together, enjoyed their drink with their food together. And he says, and normally, he says, after his meal, he said, I would lean back against the tree and reach in my pocket and have a cigarette. And he said, I saw in the dream I could share my meal with him, but I couldn't share my cigarette with him. Mm. He said, I knew, uh-uh, he wouldn't be interested in a cigarette. So then I realized, uh, if he doesn't want it, then I better not want it either, because right. I want Christ in my life. Right. So when he told that, told that story, I was, he, he made the statement then, he said, if there's anything in your life that is standing between you and the Lord Jesus, you need to get it out of your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was when God convicted me. And I had, just, just because I had begun to cough with my smoking, I wanted to get rid of smoking, so I, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I've quit twice and I've gone back twice. Not yeah. because of Holy Ghost conviction, I just wanted to quit, quit. Yeah, smoking exactly. because it was hard on my body. Exactly. And I said, Lord, I've quit twice, gone back twice. If you don't help me, I can't do it. And so I would just say, every time I would feel the urge for a cigarette, I'd say, Lord, take it from me. I, I, I don't want to smoke, take it from me, Lord. And it was just like taking an aspirin. In fact, I called them my prayer aspirins, mm -hmm. in that when you've got a headache, you take an aspirin and in just a little while, the headache's gone. And that's the same way it was with the urge for the cigarette. They say, Lord, take it from me. I don't want to smoke. And if I could just wait that little while, then the urge would go away. Amen. And then a little later it might come back, but it just took two weeks. Well. And then within two weeks it, it was gone and uh, the, the, habit, the habit was broken. But I had to take my prayer aspirins for two weeks. It wasn't instantaneous for me. So then that process, the Bible would call that sanctification. Correct. And yeah. you were using a biblical approach to be able to overcome the cigarettes and that was prayer. Yeah, correct. The, uh, asking God to purge your life because you and your physicalness and your own flesh and humanity couldn't overcome it. Correct. You needed the supernatural power of prayer to overcome it. And so were you baptized before that time or baptized after you were delivered from cigarettes? Uh, let me think just a moment. I have to go back in my own thinking. Well, I, I was one that had to be re 
baptized. Yeah, myself included. Because I, the first time I was baptized, I was about 11 or 12, and um, I drifted away from that, and I was baptized using the titles. Yeah. And then later in life, uh, after I'd quit drifting away from the Lord and come back to the Lord, which was in my 20s, then, then I realized that I hadn't been scripturally baptized right. in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so then I was re-baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yeah. All right. Now, what, uh, you, you, talking about sanctification now, he was sanctified from cigarettes. That means delivered. Sanctified means, it's a two-part Greek word. It means cleansed and set aside for service. So God was cleansing the tabernacle in preparation to fill the tabernacle, to receive the Holy Ghost. And so God's not going to fill a tabernacle that's smoking or drinking or carousing. The vessel must be clean. However, you can be baptized with, with, still, with habits hanging on, knowing that the Lord will deliver you if you pray and ask God for deliverance. God will supernaturally deliver you. I think there's every, every Christian, every individual that's truly sealed away in Christ has a testimony of things they could not overcome in themselves, but the Holy Spirit and prayer and the Word of God, by feeding on the Word of God and praying, brought them deliverance. Now, cigarettes, the Bible says, if you defile the tabernacle, this vessel, God will destroy it. Now, that doesn't mean He's going to come down with lightning and strike and because you're smoking. No, you get asthma, emphysema, cancer, you get uh, early stages of pneumonia, lung disease, heart disease. Uh, you get uh, problems with your, your, your arterial diseases, all because of cigarettes. In other words, it's not natural to smoke. Therefore, God's in nature, and it's not natural to smoke. It's not natural for a man to be with a man physically and on a homosexual act. Therefore, they get AIDS or they get diseases because they're defiling the tabernacle God says, I've said it in nature that, that that tabernacle will eventually be destroyed. So God says, I want a clean vessel. And so God begins to sanctify the vessel. First, you repent. You say, Lord, all my sins are in my mind, but you promised to for forget all my sins. Cast them into the sea of your forgetfulness. God forgives you of your sins. You're justified just as if you had never sinned. Then that means the slate of your past filled with all the ordinances of the law, filled with all the things against you, that slate is wiped clean. And all your sins are under the blood of Jesus Christ. Everything you've ever done, you can be forgiven for. It can be blotted out. He who confesses his sins, God is faithful and just to forgive him of his sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, we shall be saved. It, Salvation comes from believing in the heart and confessing with the mouth. I want to hear it from your mouth. I'm a pastor. When I pray for you at the altar, I want to hear you say, Lord, forgive me. I don't want to pray the prayer for you. You need to pray the prayer of forgiveness. And God, my sins, I want to be forgiven. Now, once you're forgiven, your next step is to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, God is not under obligation you say, well, I want to get rid of this habit and this habit and this habit first, and then I'll get baptized. No, no. We, you, you have to get the, the, the fish out of the water before you can clean it. So God's now got your life. He's got a hold of you. He begins to clean it. But get baptized 
ask the Lord to forgive you, get baptized, and then once you're baptized, God will reveal more of his word to you. The first step of faith you made was when you said, Lord Jesus, the name of Jesus came from your lips. Not in a curse word, not in a swear word, but the lovely name of Jesus came to your lips and you said, forgive me. The next step of faith is baptism in his name. Now, faith is making a, a step of something you don't know the outcome of. You don't understand everything. You don't have to understand everything. You have to be obedient. Can I yes. here? Yes. You're, you're talking about uh, sin and the penalty of sin. You defile this tabernacle and I'll destroy it. To show you the mercies of God, I've received several letters, as the audience knows, I do missionary work. And I've received several letters from the brothers in Africa where AIDS is rampant. Yep. And that many of the people coming and giving their life to the Lord and asking forgiveness for their past lifestyles, and God is actually healing them of AIDS. Oh, that's wonderful. I mean, the doctors are butting their heads against the wall trying to find it, but the delivering power of God is there. And so that many now are receiving their healing through God delivered from that dreadful disease. The other thing I wanted to mention, and you talked about your first step is water baptism. I want to share with the audience a little story that William Branham told. And he, he said, uh, here you are standing on the bank of this little creek, mm -hmm. and there's rocks going across the creek, scattered in the creek, and then this bank over here. So this is the land of the mortal, and this is the land of the immortal, and you're wanting to cross into immortality. But you, there's no bridge. But, you, but you're standing on the bank and there's, there's a rock and you look closely at the rock and it says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of your sin. And you say, oh, that's wonderful. That's my first step. Now, what's the next one? God is under no obligation to raise up the next rock until you step on that one. Mm -hmm. But if you'll step on the first rock, the next one will raise up. Then you step on that one the next one will raise up and guide you all the way into the things eternal. Oh, that's wonderful. So God has, a, God has a way of doing it, but you, what God shows you to do, you do that, and then he'll show you what's next. To say, God, what is my life hold in front of me? Uh, he's not gonna show you that, but he'll show you what you need to do now. Do that, and then what's, what you need next, God will show that to you next. Excuse me for interrupting, that's all right. go ahead. So that's teaching the young babe right. in the Lord how to walk by faith. Right. And that principle of walking by faith is reflected all through the Bible. Nathaniel and Philip were talking, and one of the disciples said to the other disciple, we have found the Messiah, the prophesied one, the Christ. And Nathaniel said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? And Philip said, come and see. And so Philip and Nathaniel came to Jesus. And Jesus then speaking to Nathaniel said, behold a man who has no guile. And Nathaniel said, whence did you know me? He said, I saw you many, many valleys and hills over in a vision. I saw you talking with Philip and you were talking about the things relating to me. And so now Nathaniel's excited and he falls at his feet and he calls him, he calls him Lord and he calls him King. And Jesus said, if you have believed because I've told you a little bit about you, then you're gonna, God's going to reveal more to you. And so the principle is, is, believe what God shows you. That's faith. Accept it. And then if you accept it and fulfill it, God will reveal more to you. And so the, the rock of baptism comes up, and you step on that rock to get across the creek from mortal to immortality. 
Step on that walk of, rock of baptism. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sin. And then that you are justified. Then God begins to sanctify your life. And I, I, I love this illustration also that Brother Branham gave. It's a wonderful illustration. And the story goes like this. A farmer's, uh, he's uh, in his barnyard and he's shoveling manure. And he sees down inside the manure a beautiful, beautiful glass. It's old, it's, it's antique, it's probably worth something. He pulls it out of the manure, this glass, and it's just, oh, of course, just riddled with manure. That's justification. The master picks up the glass. It's still dirty. Then the master takes the glass into the house and he cleans it and purges it and polishes it. That's the process of sanctification. Now the vessel that was now in the manure of sin is clean, but it's not done yet. Now he... Set aside for service. That's right. He yeah. sets the vessel aside for service, puts it up on a shelf, cleansed, Greek word, and set aside, sanctification. Now the vessel set aside for service. It's up on the top. And then the master at one given point, when he desires to, he pulls the vessel off of the shelf and fills it for use. So he wants to justify you, then get baptized. Then he pro promises a process of sanctification. Then he fills the vessel full of the water, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and he puts you in service, cleansed and set aside for service. So justification, sanctification. Now, think about this to those of you that have been raised perhaps in Europe and uh, other Christian nations. You have watched the steady falling away of the Church of the Living God. And you have watched where that mankind has slipped away from the truths of the Word of God. And as a result, they don't know what to, they don't know what to repent from. So many churches say that it's okay to smoke or it's okay to drink or, and many other things. Uh, listen to rock and roll music and, and so on and so forth. But what does God's Word say? What does God's Word say? And so then you begin to search the Scriptures and it's different than many of what the churches are bringing to us. So as a result, then, many people don't know what to repent from. So it's very difficult for them to come to full repentance. But what you want to do is you, as an individual, want to get into the Word of God, the Bible, search out these things, and God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will begin to convict you. Maybe your church doesn't preach it, but how is the Holy Spirit convicting you? That's what you want to find out. You want to look into the Word of God and say, Oh my, Lord Jesus, even though my church doesn't preach that it's wrong to smoke, I'm being convicted. The Holy Spirit will teach you more and more and more about what you need to be delivered from. And as He does, that's sanctification. And then begins the preparation for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's take some scriptures and look into them. It looks at Romans chapter 6, and I'm going to read it to you. Because we want to understand the heart again of baptism. And while I read this to you, you'll understand it. Now, the scripture says in Romans chapter 6, If I can go down in the likeness of his death, I shall come forth in the likeness of his resurrection. Now, I'll read it to you. It says it this way. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. So water baptism is symbolic of death, burial, and resurrection. We don't keep you down under the water. We resurrect you, bring you up out of the water. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism, not sprinkling, buried into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so also we should walk in newness of life. 
So this is one of the ordinances that Jesus Christ left with his church for us to do, a ritual, something that is symbolic of something very important. And the importance of baptism is a symbolic, it's a symbol of his death. And we want to die like he died, not necessarily go to a cross, but be able to say like Jesus did in the garden, not my will, but thine be done. We want to be able to ask, if the Lord would ask us anything, we would be obedient. Let me, yes. the, uh, using the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thought about these scriptures in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, starting at verse 12, it says, Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Mm -hmm. So they were choosing whom they were going to follow. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Mm -hmm. Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Mm. So they're saying, who do you want to follow? The one that was crucified for you? Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. That's right. Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Mm -hmm. No, in the name of the one that was crucified there for you. There you go. In the name of Jesus Christ. So, so all the way through the scripture, we see the same truth repeated, repeated, repeated baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. E By the way, if I want to say to the audience, in, uh, in the years when Trinity baptism was, was being used all the way from um, uh, about the time of the Council of Nicaea in AD 300 on up until about uh, the late 1800s, that was virtually all that was known. And so I'm not saying all those people are lost because they used the Trinity baptism. All the churches were teaching that at that time. It was one of those lost truths. You remember that during the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he should begin to sound, mystery of God should be finished. So these are the mysteries that are being brought out in the last days. You find in the scripture where God commends certain churches, you have not denied my name. He rebukes other ones because you have denied my name. Mm -hmm. they, they move to the titles and away from the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so in the late 1800s, if you read historically, you'll see there was a move going back to water baptism in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, starting in the late 1800s. So it's not a brand new thing. It's actually started then, but now it's progressing on. And so we're not uh, condemning anything of the past. We're just sharing with you what God is doing today. And Jeff, we've got about 45 seconds left. Is there anything you'd like to say to the people? Yes, absolutely. And let's just look at the one scripture. For if we've been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall come forth in the likeness of his resurrection. That's the attitude you want to go into the water with. Lord, I want to die like you died. Die to myself. Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. And so that is the attitude that you go in the water of baptism. The right mental attitude toward any promise of God will bring it to pass in your life. Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Go down with the attitude of Lord, not my will. Then come out, the Bible said, in newness of life. God bless you. We've had a wonderful time. We've barely just begun on the subject matter and we're looking forward to speaking to you again. To order a DVD of today's program entitled Water Baptism, write to this address or visit us on the web at globalanswers.us. Thank you for joining us, and may the Lord Jesus Christ richly